Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. I feel like we got to keep the bro talk to a min, minimum this time. Let's we just shorten every bit. word and that'll. We went a little bit over last time. A little bit over. So let's go right to the question. To the queue. We got, <laughs> we got a question from. Who is Ale- it? Elena? Elena, what do you got? DIY! Hey guys, my name's Elena. I'm 24. I'm married and I'm in the lovely state of Idaho. And the question that I have for you guys is how do you prioritize goals or how do you allot money to more important goals, especially if somebody feels like their goals are all important. For example, I'm in my master's program right now and I do have a little bit of um, student loan debt. It's nothing crazy, but I just got the next disbursement um, for my classes and it was roughly about 5%. I think it was a little bit above. Well, I also know investing is very important in being in my 20s that the longer I'm in the market is the better and both me and my husband don't want to work until we're 65. We would love to retire, at least be able to travel the world in our 40s um, or 50s. That would be awesome. So we definitely want to make sure that we have a cushion for that time frame and that we're able to do those things. So I'm not quite sure how to balance or how to prioritize, okay, if I have an amount at the end of the month, do I split it between all of the goals? Do I need a lot more to one versus the other? Is it, well, let's forget this and do this. I just would love your guys' advice on how to move forward and maybe an alternative Uh, perspective on prioritizing goals. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate all of your guys' content. I'm so happy that I found you guys and I tell everybody about you. So have a great day. Hope to hear from you. Okay, great question. Yeah, have you ever been to Idaho? No. She said it's lovely. I've heard it's lovely and I'd like to go someday. All right, let's put it on the list to go to Idaho. If we get there and find out it's just potato fields, I'm going to be Boise. bummed. Did you say Boise? No, but I'm saying that's where we could uh, go. I've heard Coeur d'Alene is really beautiful. I don't know where that is. It's like up in the mountains, I think. Okay. We're going to go to Idaho at some point, bringing DIY money to you over in Idaho. <sighs> I totally lost my train of thought, Daniel. I wonder how Gosh. many listeners we have in Idaho. We have a bro talk section for this, which we skipped over today. Okay. First of all, Elena, uh... Why we brought this question up was just a simple reminder as we start the year of the process of DIY money lifestyle because your question can be answered just going back to the basics. Fast Cash. Sounds like you're already there because you're an avid listener of the show. If you're not, Fast Cash is a thousand bucks sidelined to take care of the short term annoying emergencies that are typically under a thousand dollars. 
The other day, we needed brake pads on my wife's car. They turned the rotators. Did you ever know what that is? Turned the rotators? Turned the rotator. Rotator? Doesn't a yeah. rotator turn on its... Well, apparently, uh, somebody, some friend of mine was like, yeah, you probably need new... No, rotors, not rotator, rotor. <laughs> this is how terrible I am with auto stuff. Rotors. This is why we get charged so much oh, for auto stuff. Oh, my gosh, huh? yeah. Rotors. Some of my buddy was like, you need new rotors. And I was like, I do? I don't feel like we just had rotors put on. But anyways, so they turned them. Now the rotors are good. Rotors have been rotated. Are they going backwards? Anyways, uh, so my rotator, my rotor rotation, and my pad and my oil change was about 500 bucks. Fast cash. Boom. Done. All right. Emergency fund. At minimum three months, more than likely you've gone through the terrible process, of which I have yet to do, opening a Treasury Direct account to get your I-bonds at 7%. Ugh, what a pain in the butt that is. 7.12. I got to do that. I got how many days? I can do it right now. While we're recording this uh, near the end of the year, you have... Three days. Three days. (laughs) I need to do it for 2021. Two days, probably, because it's probably business days. So you got your emergency funded at minimum three months of sideline cash. Freeze! Ancillary debt. Ancillary debt. Anything but the mortgage. Prioritized by balance. We're a big believer in the Dave Ramsey debt snowball. Why? Not because of interest rate, because of psychology. You got to have those wins. Stack them based on levels, how big they are, attack them, go after the next one, attack them, go after the next one. You cannot start putting away monies for such things as global travel in your 40s or 50s unless you pay off ancillary debt. So I don't mean to uh, you know kind of be a little trite about this, but I feel like we're getting we're, – we're, we're kind of starting to blur the lines between, well, I'm getting my master's and I've got this amount and it's not, you know, it's a payment. Maybe it's for, maybe it's, they're not, you know, whatever. They don't charge interest right now. It's something deferred. deferred and, you know, it's kind of not there. No, it's there. You have debt. You got to pay it off. So again, I think that if there's a discussion in the, in the family about, well, we want to be saving and investing, and long-term, there's more money to be made, but this is 5%. I'm telling you, and this is what I'm seeing all over the place. Margin debt, which means people are borrowing money, is at highs. Consumer saving is now back to lows. People are setting themselves up to make poor decisions during turbulent times. Why you have no debt and you pay that off as opposed to socking money away and trying to play the interest rate game is such that when you go through difficult times, you all of a sudden don't make a terrible decision. What's that terrible decision? Oh, my goodness. Why did we invest when we should have just paid off this debt? And the market's down 30%, and you make a decision. The pain becomes too great. You hit the eject button. You pay, You sell at lows. You pay off the debt, you feel better, and then you miss the reversal in the market. You cannot do that. I've seen it so many times in my career. I've seen it. I've seen people in the midst of chaos who are clients of ours make a decision, a terrible decision. Ah, we're just going to pay off the house. We just The market's just going to zero. We got to just get out. We're going to pay off the house. And then they do it, and the market rebounds, and they look back and they go, Boy, that was dumb. And it was. And the reality is, and I used a house as a specific example because in their case, 
They actually should have paid off the house before they invested at all. Because some people do need to be completely debt-free before they invest. The only way you make money long-term in the market, and I don't mean long-term like the last 36 months. I mean long-term in the market over the next 36 years is being able to stay in the game. Wow, I got on a soapbox there. Sorry, Elena, that I got on your soapbox to, to talk about that. But I, I don't see a lot of uh, gray area with her question. It's pretty black and white to me. There you go. Yeah, definitely pay off debt. I think what people forget sometimes in this scenario is if you have, and you've basically said this in a different way, if you have debt outstanding, but then you are saving, investing elsewhere, you are effectively financing your investment. You're basically buying what would be called on margin or on credit, et cetera. So if you have a 5% loan outstanding somewhere else, and you're choosing to save in a savings account or an investment account or something of that nature, you're basically borrowing to then save. Now, in your mind, you've siloed these and you've you've borrowed for student loans and you're saving over here in a different bucket. But effectively, on your personal family financial balance sheet statement, whatever, uh, it's effectively the same thing. It's a, as if a, a company... Um, you know, uh, McDonald's or Starbucks went out, borrowed money, paid interest rates on it, and then stuck that in an investment. Except in our personal financial life, typically those investments are less uh, productive than, say, uh, a company building earnings for the future. Uh, so sometimes that works. Uh, in a mortgage example, that works. If you're young, starting out, et cetera, and you can b- borrow, have a mortgage at a low cost, and you have a long enough time horizon, and you can save in a Roth IRA or something of that nature uh, for your retirement, the math often works out there. However, uh, it sounds like uh, she didn't mention it here, but she gave us a little bit more background on the email. You know, they're putting some money into an employer savings plan, things like that. So, so extra uh, that you have at the end of the month, I would prioritize the student loan uh, whilst not um, uh, detracting from your retirement goal entirely. So get the employer match, do things like that. Uh, but really, if you can, get aggressive on the student loan. She didn't say how much. This is our second episode in a row where they didn't say how much the student loans were versus all that. So it's hard to say, you know, what your timeline would be. But I would get aggressive with paying that off like we talked about. You know, it's now the beginning of the year. Uh, We're actually cutting this right at the end of the year. And I am a huge goal person. And what I have started doing about two years ago, I would typically, up until two years ago, have annual goals. Goals that I would say, okay, over the next year, this is what I would want to accomplish, which I still do for sure, but I've truncated them into quarterly goals. And the reason for that, primarily it came down to fitness. So I had a goal, a weight goal for 2020. Well, this is, let's just say years ago, but I had a weight goal for 2019 and for nine months of the year, I did not hit that weight goal because I knew that I could basically buckle down in the final three months of the year and hit that goal. And I was like, this is, I'm, I'm kidding myself. I'm kidding myself. So, so I set Q1, Q2, Q3, whatever, goals. And a lot of the times those change, and everybody's heard my, my five Fs. You know, I, I set goals for all five of those Fs, faith, family, finance, fitness, friends. So I, I, I go through the, the, the itemized list, and I, I set specific goals. One of the reasons I do that is so that I can kind of come back to a focal point of of what I have set as a goal previously. 
So as things change, I can look back and go, oh, that was one of my goals. Like, I need to stay on point with that. So if one of your goals is to be debt-free, if one of your goals is to travel the world by the time you're 40 or 50 or whatever, everything in the lens should come back to that specific goal. I also believe you should set five-year, 10-year goals, etc. So I think that will help you and people who are listening when you have issues or challenges or things that arise to come back and, and kind of to put those in perspective of what your long-term goal is, the funnel, if you will, to make sure you're staying on the right path and true to what your objectives are. Which is basically what if Elena sat down and did a financial plan with professionals, what they yes. basically do. Here's your long-term goal. Yeah. You want to be able to retire. You have these other ancillary goals, and they would basically work backwards towards where does this dollar need to go today to help you achieve your goals in the most efficient fa- uh, fashion. Uh, but she can do probably a lot of that. I mean, 99% of that uh, on her own through what we've just talked about. You know what I'm also realizing? I've hmm. heard people say this. I never thought, I thought it was BS to sell books and stuff. I should have set more ambitious goals. Yeah. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things have been different. You heard people say that or you're saying that? Both. Okay. There you go. Meaning, I look back over my life, I've hit goals, and yep. I'm like, wow, I sh- what, what would have happened if I hit? What would have happened if I had set more ambitious goals? Sure. So don't short yourself in your goals is what I'm trying to say. Shoot for the moon. The moon. All right, let's wrap it up. How about you close this out today, Daniel? Let's wrap it up. Have a good week. Oh, geez. I don't know. All right. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.